Hello and welcome to all. This is Zach here, back with another episode of Clutch Crew Sports. On this podcast, we discuss topics ranging from NBA, NFL, college football, and basketball, as well as daily fantasy and fantasy football advice. This podcast is featured on Anchor.com, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, YouTube, and soon to be iTunes. You can currently find more info about Clutch Crew Sports at my Facebook page, Clutch Crew Sports of the podcast i'm joined by eric as well and we're going to be mostly talking about what we saw in game one uh as well as a preview for game two on sunday and we are going to go ahead and make another DraftKings lineup to share for you guys as well as go over a little bit how our game one DraftKings lineup went so I'll just let Eric say hi to everybody, and we'll get started. Yeah, what's going on, everybody? Um, yeah, this is our second episode now, and um, I don't know how many like listeners we got on the first one, but I know people that I've talked to and some comments I've seen, uh, we've got a lot of positive feedback, so I'm definitely glad to keep doing this, and um I guess that's it. I can't really, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why oh, I like a, don't know why I have like a brain fart there, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, you know, talk some more basketball and NBA finals and everything. So, yeah. Um, sweet. So let's do this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then just another thing I wanted to, to put out to you guys, um, the logo that you see in the image artwork image for the, whatever site you're listening on. <laughs> I just made that logo like in five minutes from like a default image, you know, sort of bank. So that's not going to be the main one going forward. It's just kind of a placeholder just for now. Um, if anybody has any like really interesting ideas for a logo, I'd be open to hearing about them. Um, but I'll get a real one up soon for you guys. So yeah, you know, we're, shows- we're definitely, we're definitely still in the rough stages, you know, rough draft <laughs> stages here. So, yeah, because yeah. obviously the show is not just all about basketball and it's uh, the basketball, uh, you know, the football season when it comes up, that's going to be the main focus of the show. But right now, you know, NBA finals is the hot sports topic of, you know, so we'll roll with it for now. But just know that that logo will be changed. Um, so. Starting a, about the game one from last night, I thought I, I was really impressed with the Raptors all throughout the game because to me, the thing that makes Golden State so dominant and so, like, you know, unbeatable is their ability to just come back from any deficit at any time and just run away with it. But Toronto played excellent defensively against the Warriors. Um, believe in the first quarter, they only scored 21 points or something. They really held the Warriors back from scoring. And the Warriors' score was actually benefited a lot by second-chance points. So the Warriors, I know that their shooting percentage is pretty low across the board from their players, but... You know, without those second chance points, I think that this could have been much more of a dominant win for Toronto other than just nine points. But it just felt to me the whole game that Toronto was going to win the game um, because the Warriors just, you know, 
they just didn't they never showed up in the game to me where they where I felt like they were going to win even when Toronto I think only got only was up by 3 points in the fourth quarter I think that there was you know a sense of confidence that Toronto had that Houston and Portland lacked when they gave up big leads in their series so you know, just this that I think that's going to be a sign that this series is going to go six or seven. You know, I originally predicted Golden State in six, but now I'm going to change that to Golden State in seven just because of more respect for Toronto. You know, I predict I predicted them to win game one, as did Eric. But uh, from what I saw in the game, it gave me a lot of confidence going forward. Uh so, Eric, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, well, um, unfortunately, I really only got to see um, the fourth quarter of this game. So, I, you know, I've seen you know, the highlights and things like that. I was working, though, so I didn't get to watch it live. Um, but to piggyback off of what uh, Zach said about the, like, the Blazers and the Rockets lacking the confidence when the Warriors came back. Um, I'm definitely going to agree with that because the Warriors have always been known for being such a strong third quarter team, like whether they're winning or losing, like they, that's their quarter for whatever reason. Like they always come out in the second half strong Mm -hmm. and, you know, looking at the score and, you know, they did outscore the Raptors in the third quarter, but only by three points. And so that's uh, a lot better than what most teams do against the Warriors in that situation. So I think the fact that the Raptors held them off in the third quarter, I believe that gave them the confidence to, you know, finish strong and win the game. And I'm, I'm sure being on the home court helped them. You know, they had their fans mm-hmm. backing them up and that always helps. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I initially had predicted, you know, the Warriors to win the series in six games also, but I might actually even be convinced on switching it to the Raptors winning it in six or seven games. Um, yeah, this series is it's just for me. This series is almost like too hard to predict. I mean, most most people going into it probably thought the Warriors were going to sweep them, but um, I don't know. I mean, I figured the Raptors would at least win like maybe one of the games at home and then win like Game Four or Five or something before losing. But I don't know. I just I I did feel like a dominance from the Raptors in this game and. I thought they did really well, uh, you know, containing their star play. I mean, Steph Curry uh, definitely had his you know moments, and he got to the mm-hmm. free throw line a lot, making all fourteen of his free throws. But um, like Draymond Green was two for nine, and Clay Thompson, which while he was eight of seventeen, I know he struggled early in the game. He did start to catch fire um, a little late in the game. Uh, when I was watching in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter, but uh, for the most part, you know, they contained even Clay Thompson pretty well also. And I don't know. I feel like the Warriors are kind of shook right now. Like I, I could especially see with uh, the way Draymond was after the game. 
Um, I know there was like a, there was a foul that was called on him. I don't remember who he was guarding. Uh, it was a, I believe it was, I believe it was Van Vliet had run in to the paint mm-hmm. and uh, put up a shot and Draymond got called with a foul. And when they showed the replay in slow-mo, like it was a questionable foul call, but you could tell though that the foul call really frustrated him. And I think Drake, every foul call frustrates I mean, Draymond. Yeah, every every foul. Yeah, but with it being, I guess, with it being late in the game and the Warriors yeah. were trying to come back, and it just seems like a lot of times when I watch him play, when he gets frustrated like that, it affects his performance. And then you know he's such like a vocal person for that team. It, it sometimes it feels like if he gets frustrated, then you know it can affect the whole dynamic of the team i mean i i guess mainly when i think of him with that was in the um in the finals where they blew the 3-1 lead to the Cavs. i mean he got when they had Mm -hmm. the when they had the 3-1 lead like he got that technical foul and which i guess i forget the rule in the nba where if you get so many you get a one game suspension but that technical foul had put him at the suspension mark and then he got suspended for the fifth game of that series. And then, you know, that was very hurtful for them as they ended up, you know, blowing that lead. And so I don't know. I don't know if that will necessarily affect the Warriors too much going into game two, but I, I do worry that it, you know, for them that it's going to now, since I'm rooting for the Raptors, I'm you know pretty happy about it, but yeah, I don't know. I guess Draymond too, like yelled at Drake after the game. Like Drake was kind of taunting him. I guess whatever. I don't know what was <laughs> said, but uh, Draymond like fired back at him. Like like um, the Raptors are under the Warriors' skin right now, I believe. So um, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing you know how the rest of the series goes. But I mean, if the Raptors can keep playing like the way they did in this game, you know, and lead pretty much the whole time and kind of even have you know be dominating for periods of the game like i could see them actually winning the series um it it would not surprise me so and on top of that i mean kyle lowry was only like two of something like he had a horrible game offensively um and yet they still dominate and really even Kawhi wasn't super effective either which i know you wanted to talk about that a little bit Mm -hmm. but yeah um you know, with Kawhi and Lowry struggling in spurts and for them to still dominate the way they did. I mean, if they were clicking, it would have been an even bigger win. So, um, but yeah, I know you wanted to give some thoughts on that. So yeah, um, so I'll, I'll let I'll you keep about, continue with that. Yeah, I'll talk about Kawhi. Um, he had 23 points, eight rebounds and five assists. But for Kawhi's standards, he's been averaging like, 30 plus points in the playoffs so this was a down game for him i remember in the first quarter him missing wide open three-pointers um and of course you know this was concerning to me at the time because i had him as my captain in my DraftKings lineup for game one so i was frustrated at Kawhi and his lack of uh, involvement. I think he played 43 minutes, but it didn't feel like he played 43 minutes uh, just because of how, you know, he wasn't really used a whole lot in their offense. But he, to his credit, he did come up in the fourth quarter getting a lot of free throws and making a lot of them, uh, which was important for him. But, you know, and 
I just feel like Kawhi Leonard in this game, his stats were a little are a little bit overrated because of the free throws, because of you know him getting the benefit of the superstar foul calls. You know, some of them were a little questionable, and there were times where he would you know just isolate with the ball, just dribble, 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 and Iguodala did a great job of defending him. Um, and he would dribble out through the whole shot clock and pat make a pass to a guy, Van Vliet or Danny Green, somebody on the three-point line, and they would make the shot. And, you know, they got three points from that series, or, you know, that series down on offense, but it wasn't necessarily Kawhi, you know, just not taking over. Um Obviously, Siakam was the star of the game. He kind of took over for the whole portion of the game, getting 32 points for him. But this is the thing about the Raptors, though, that to me is so interesting and unique is because, you know, Kawhi Leonard is their number one, but who's their number two? Because in the Bucks series that they had last week, there were times, like, I think in all four of the games that they won, they're like second best player was different you know like there'd be one game where Siakam would go off there'd be one game where Kyle Lowry would go off or Ibaka or Van Vliet and you know you never really know who's gonna be that second guy for him which I think makes it difficult for the opposing team not knowing which guy is gonna you know come in and and light it up whereas on the Warriors right now without KD it's pretty predictable their offense with Steph and Clay because there are other like bench players like you know guys like Kevon Looney and Jurepko McKinney those guys like don't play a whole lot of minutes and they don't necessarily get a whole lot of points so yeah for sure you're not looking to you know Andre Iguodala to get mm -hmm. you have a 30 point game you know like I mean even even in Draymond who's even their third best player I mean he just he's just kind of an all around like guy, but if you like if you're down by like, you know, ten points and you need someone to take over the game, like you're not looking to Draymond Green no. to do that. I mean, it's it's Stephen Clay. Like that's that's like you said, that's mm -hmm. that's who they're relying on. And I think I think that's a great uh point that you brought up about the Raptors. I mean, that's gonna be difficult for the Warriors to you know, contain them because let's say, okay, you know, Siakam went off last game on them. And mm -hmm. so maybe the Warriors are probably going to try to adjust to contain him more. Well, if you, if you start like double teaming him, well, then that's going to open up, you know, Danny Green for more three pointers or maybe Mark Gasol more baskets in the paint or, you know, maybe they, maybe Kyle Lowry gets more looks, you know, yeah, it's difficult to. I mean, with Kyle Lowry's postseason track record, I don't know if I'm necessarily trusting him too much. And you know, Game One was kind of another example of that offensively. Mm -hmm. He had some other good moments from what I saw, but he was yeah, know, two of nine. You know, two of nine from the field is you know not good. He's definitely going to have to be better uh, for the Raptors. But still, like the Raptors have a solid lineup even their guys off the bench can come in and do damage whereas you, like you said you don't really mm -hmm. get that feeling with the warriors so yeah so. which to me it feels like you know 
it does feel like Kevin Durant's going to have to come back for Golden State to win this because, you know, if this is any, if game one was any indication, like they need Kevin Durant, you know, they need that extra offensive guy to get them 30 uh, into, you know, carry them for when Steph isn't like shooting like 60% from threes. But the thing about the Raptors is, you know, defensively, how their starting lineup how talented defensively they are, you know. Kawhi Leonard's been on all defensive teams. Mark Gasol's won Defensive Player of the Year multiple times. Lowry was drawing charges. Ibaka's led the league in blocks before. Like, this is a scrappy team that, you know, draws charges. They block shots. They do all those things defensively that the Warriors, in their last two series against Portland and Houston, you know, didn't really have to face. Portland's defense isn't very good. Um, Houston defensively, James Harden isn't very good on, you know, guarding like Steph. Oh, so. no. <laughs> James Harden's a terrible defender. <laughs> uh, so, you know, now now they're having to go up against a team that, that is defensively, uh, you know, minded. You know, goal, like in the first quarter, they only scored 21 points. That's not normal for Golden State. So, you know, I do think part of this was because – you know, the game was in Toronto, game one, like Golden State hadn't played in a week and a half. Toronto had came off an emotional series. So that's why for game two, I am predicting the Warriors to win game two. But I would not be surprised if Toronto wins just because, you know, who would bet against Toronto after, you know, the first game that they played in this series. But I've got the Warriors winning, you know, mainly because I think Steph is going to, play a more efficient game. I think he's going to going to play better. I think Clay's going to play better. I think that the the longer the series goes, I give more of an advantage to the Warriors from their head coach Steve Kerr being in this situation so many times to be able to strategize and come up with a game plan that's going to be able to stop them. You know, if Iguodala ends up playing, I think he's likely to play in game 2. He showed that he can stop Kawhi. So I'm going to take Golden State in game two. I know a lot of people are probably going to take Toronto just because of how well they did in game one, but I am taking Golden State by, I'll give them like five points. They win by, but I want to hear Eric, who you think will win this game. Yeah, I, um, it's kind of similar to what you said in terms of the fact that you know, you could see it going either way. Like, you know, like you make your prediction, like mm-hmm. how you said Golden State, but then you wouldn't be surprised if it's Toronto. Um, for me, it's the same way, but I'm going to I'm gonna go the opposite way, though. Like, I feel like Toronto is going to win the game uh, again. I feel like they're going to win game two. Um, my guess depend. I mean, obviously, I'm going to want to see game two before... Um, you know, I make a prediction for game three, but my guess would be that Golden State doesn't get their first win until their first home game. Okay. And then game, to me, and then to me, game four will be the pivotal, like, is it going to be tied and then probably go seven or like, could Toronto maybe steal it and then run away with it? But mm-hmm. I think Toronto is going to win again just because, you know, they're still at home this game. Obviously the fans are going to be even more fired up now that they've, you know, won a game and, I think um, that 
I think I do think Kyle Lowry will have at least a little bit of a better game. I mean, like I've I've mentioned a couple of times already since we uh, started this podcast that you know most people know that he's not a necessarily a great uh, playoff performer, but I do think he's going to be a little bit better. I don't think there will be as much attention on him, and I just feel like right now with um, which I know I know we're not doing our uh, draft king, king, draft kings lineups yet, but mm-hmm. um, one of the biggest advantage I'm still giving the Raptors is the fact that they just have better bigs, and um, I was curious because I saw that Demarcus Cousins only played eight minutes in the game, and when I was making my lineup, I was debating on if I would pick him because his salary dropped way low and so when I researched like why he only played eight minutes in the first game um the articles that I was that I was that I was reading were saying that um I guess he I don't know if you caught this sack since you saw the whole game yeah but from what I saw or from, from what I read uh DeMarcus Cousins did very poorly on the defensive end in the limited time he was out there and plus, other than That's free correct. throws, yeah. plus other than free throws, he didn't make any of his shots from the field. So I had thought the Warriors needed to get Demarcus Cousins out there as much as possible. But I guess because of you know the injuries he's had, he's just you know he's not performing very well right now. And and then you know without him, I mean, I mean, I guess he's still going to play, but without him being at his potential, you know, the Warriors just don't have a great big guy. I mean, you know, they've got Draymond who's scrappy and can guard bigs uh, Mm -hmm. sometimes, but, you know, Siakam just went off for 32 points in the last game. And from the highlights I saw, it looked like, it (laughs) it looked like Draymond was on him a majority of the time. And, And then even then, you know, even if Draymond was playing well defensively in the last game, he can't guard, you know, Siakam and Mark Gasol at the same time, mm-hmm. or if the, if both of them and Sergi Baca are out there at the same time, he can't guard all three of them. And I mean, Looney, like, you know, he's a, you know, decent player, but I mean, they don't have anybody that can contain that. And that, that's why I give the biggest advantage to the Raptors. Um, in this series because the Warriors in the previous series that they've played, I mean, with the trailblazers, like Nurkic, you know, was obviously out for the year with that terrible injury he had. So he didn't play at all. And Mm -hmm. Enos Cantor was banged up. So, I mean, the trailblazers were, you know, relying on, you know, Myers Leonard and, you know, to be like their big guy. (laughs) I don't mean to Myers's point though. Like I, I follow the trailblazers pretty closely and, he ne- like he had his coming out game in that game four where he scored I think twenty five points. Yeah, he uh, that was he definitely had some great uh, you know moments in the series, but you know he's not someone you're relying on uh, to be your starting big course. man for a seven yeah. game series, you know. And then with the Rockets, I mean they have you know they have Clint Capella, but he's more of a you know, he's more of a defensive player. Like you know he's not gonna you know go out there and. Um, you know, get you 30 points a game, you know, like, so the Warriors really had no, you know, threat there necessarily. So, but now is with, whereas with the Raptors, they've got, you know, Marcus Gasol to deal with, they've got Siakam to deal with. And, 
uh, you know, Ibaka to deal with. And I don't think they have the firepower to handle that. Whereas I think the, you know, the Raptors do have the players necessary to try to handle the perimeter players of the Warriors. You know, obviously Mm -hmm. no one's going to fully shut down Stephen Clay, but I think they have enough firepower to contain them. And I get another advantage I noticed on the defensive end uh, for the, well, not on the offensive end for the Raptors with Siakam. So I do sometimes feel like Draymond Green's defense gets a little overhyped and overrated a little bit. Like he's definitely a good defender, but Mm -hmm. he's better at guarding like a big guy in the paint. Like he's a bruiser, you Mm -hmm. know, he can, he can affect their moves in the paint and stuff like that. Now where he's not a good defender and where I feel like he gets overrated is if he has to guard somebody out on the perimeter. And then like the highlights that I saw, and I noticed this in the fourth quarter a little bit um, from what I watched last night, a lot of times Siakam was taking the ball up, you know, by the three point line. And then he would basically like run you know, pretty much right by Draymond and get an easy score. Or if, you know, then if he got by Draymond and then another defender came up to pursue him, then he's kicking it out to the guy on the perimeter for the three, you know? Mm-hmm. So I I feel like Draymond's perimeter defense is very overrated in that aspect. I don't think he's great. And I feel like that got exposed in the first game. Now I'm curious as to what, you know, kind of adjustment Steve Kerr is going to try to make on that. I don't know what he really can do, but yeah. Um, you know, but I, I, I'm, I guess getting way back and now I kind of got off track with a couple things there, but, um, but so my prediction um, for game two is I'm picking the Raptors to win again. Um, I think it might be a little closer this time, but I'm going to, I'm going to give them the win by like four or five points. So, okay. Um, that's my, that's my official, uh, I know in the last video, in the last podcast, I had said that I thought the Warriors <laughs> were going to win. Uh, but then I changed it at the end. But it's a good I, thing you changed it. <laughs> yeah. It's a good thing I changed it. Ooh, I'd be, <laughs> I'd be like, Man, um, this guy doesn't have any credibility. But, well, now, uh, um, now, yeah, uh, I, I'm, I'm making it official. So yeah. Now after this episode though, uh, one of us will, will get one incorrect prediction. Yes. So yeah, it's going to yeah, happen the, for sure. One of us will be right. But yeah, we're, we're we'll, not going to be. And we'll talk about DraftKings later. But um, but yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that goes, because obviously I'm going to be rooting for my DraftKings players. And then secondly, Toronto. And then, you know, so this so I've got a lot of conflicting interests, you know, in this one game, because I'm going to have, you know, Warriors and Raptors players, you know, a combination of those guys. Personally, I want Toronto to win. My prediction is Golden State win. So there's going to be a lot of things. Yeah, you d- you're torn there watching. for sure. I mean, even I guess I do. Uh, I know that I do have a majority of Golden State players uh, in my DraftKings lineup, which I'll explain like when we get to X and O. If you're listening, you're probably thinking, well, you picked the Raptors to win. Why did you pick more Golden State players? But which I do have a reason for that, which I will get to. Yeah. Um, But despite the, you know, conflict of interest with the DraftKings and stuff like I would obviously just the Raptors winning is the number one priority for me, like in terms of my rooting interest. Mm -hmm. Um, 
maybe if I had a little more money on this DraftKings thing, I would go in that direction. But, um, but obviously I want the Raptors to win and at least I predicted them to win too. So that'll be, uh, yeah, but like I said, yeah. in game three, I'm probably going to pick the Warriors to win, um, depending on how the second game goes. So, uh, then I'll be, have the same conflicting problem that you mm-hmm. have. But <laughs> <laughs> See, to me, but, to me, thing yeah, is ahead. with the with the conflicting thing and the reason why you know our DraftKings lineup wasn't for that much money but the reason why I still you know that was my top priority so to say in rooting interest is because the NBA is not my favorite sport I'll admit True. out of all the sports so and it's not something that I really grew up you know watching and loving like I said in the last one the first like time I really started you know, watching the NBA was the 2011 finals with uh, the Miami Heat and uh, and Dallas Mavericks. But like, even still, like, I don't watch, you know, many I've to be fair, I didn't really watch that many regular season games. I watched a lot of the playoffs. But, you know, when it comes to the football and, and Eric and I both share a hometown team for for football. So when it comes to you know, football, I think for both college and NFL, we both have deeper loyalties and deeper uh, feelings towards those teams. Whereas like we would despise and every time the Patriots play, we want the Patriots to lose, for example. But oh, when yes. it comes to the Warriors, <laughs> you know, like even though the Warriors are like the Patriots of the NBA, since the NBA to me isn't my number one love, I don't have as strong of a hate as I do for the Patriots as I do for the Warriors. You know what I mean? So I'm still, I'm still rooting for the Raptors to win, obviously, but it's not like as crucial that the Warriors lose to me as it is, you know, watching the Patriots lose or something like that. Um, But yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, yeah, I guess, I guess for me, I mean, I'm in the same situation, you know, like it's like for those of you that are listening, I mean, football is my, you know, number one favorite sport out of all the sports, but, um, and while with basketball, while I don't necessarily have like a true loyalty to any team, but I mean, OKC has been my you know favorite team for a while. And it all started with, uh, because of Kevin Durant, like I really liked him. And so that's why I was a fan of them. And so when he, you know, like I said, my my original loyalty was really to Kevin Durant, not necessarily the mm-hmm. Oklahoma City Thunder. So my whole thing was was like, well, I'm going to be a fan of whatever team Durant is on. So when his big decision came, I was like, you know, like they were like the everybody really thought he was well, at least from what I was seeing, like it looked like most people thought he was going to stay with the Thunder because they could offer him more money and they still had a really good team, like a contending mm-hmm. team and all that. Like he would probably stay there. But when the list of like, you know, teams that he met with like came out, I was like, I could still be, I could get myself to be a fan of any of these teams that he might go to unless it's the Warriors. <laughs> and, and that's where he went. And so I, I think that's why my, like my hatred for the Warriors runs deeper than it normally would with basketball not being my favorite sport just because I just it doesn't make sense to me how Kevin Durant you know was up he had a team that was up three games to one against the Warriors and then blew the series lead and then went and joined the team that beat him oh and I just I 
I definitely lost a lot of respect for him when that happened. And so then when that happened, I was like, man, like what team do I, you know, pick now since I don't want to be a Warriors fan. And I was like, well, I've already been rooting for the Thunder with Durant all this time. Like I might as well just keep rooting for him. And so, um, that's why I don't know, even though Durant hasn't been playing in this series and whether he comes back or not, I know we may talk about that in another podcast, depending on how long he keeps being ruled out. But I'm just, uh, I, I just hate the Warriors. And so <laughs> I, I might, uh, for me, it's like, go whoever is playing them, you know? <laughs> okay. So well, right, see, now, I right, actually now have a... the, right now it's the Raptors. So, yeah. See, I've got a question for you though, because, um, and I, I truly don't know the answer to this question, but I know you're a, you're anti LeBron. You're not a LeBron fan, and you yeah, generally not a, not a, not LeBron. a LeBron fan either. <laughs> so in the past finals between the Warriors and Cavaliers, were you rooting for the Cavaliers or were you rooting for the Warriors? Man, <laughs> uh, those I will admit those were. Um, those were very difficult um, NBA finals uh, for me to watch. Now I will say the first, um, the first series between the two teams, I, uh, I rooted for the Warriors because at that time they didn't have Kevin Durant. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't hate them per se, like, like I do now, but that was before they had won a bunch of times too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I rooted for them. And then the next season, um, was when the Warriors won 73 games and everybody said that, oh, well, like people like ESPN and, you know, all the mm-hmm. national media were, were saying that this was the best basketball team ever. And I was like, no, like I have always felt like that Michael Jordan is the best player. And so, and I've always thought that his like three peat, two different three peats with the Bulls were like the greatest basketball, you know, dynasty Um, within the last, you know, several years. And so I then rooted for the Cavaliers in that series, even though I don't like LeBron and even though they didn't have, um, Kevin Durant yet, um, I still, I rooted for the Cavs in that one, but that was why it was because of the media saying this was the best team ever. Now, once Kevin Durant got there, I obviously hated that. (laughs) Um, but, um, so then the two, the two seasons where, um, where Kevin Durant were there, um, I did root for the Warriors. Now it was a very, it was a very mild, you know, like, like when the Warriors won the series, I would trust me, I was not jumping up and down for joy. Like, yes, they won, (laughs) you know, I was just like, well, cool. (laughs) Like for me, the lesser of two evils won. Okay. 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 Like, I I guess I'll take it, Uh but. But now that it's a different, you know, team in there and, you know, obviously LeBron couldn't be in there against the Warriors since he's, you know, in the same conference as them now. But, um, yeah, I was like whoever pretty much whoever was playing the war. Like I was rooting for the Clippers to beat them, even though I knew they wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. You know, I was rooting for the Rockets to beat them, even though I'm not really a big James Harden fan either. Uh, and then I do somewhat have even though they're big rivals with the Thunder, like. I have a reasoning for kind of liking the trailblazers and I am a big, I'm a pretty big fan of Damian Lillard. So um, definitely was rooting for them, but you know, of course then they got swept. So 
now it's the Raptors. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's crazy, man, because that uh, one year ago in the conference finals, uh, both, you know, it could have been the Celtics and Rockets playing each other in the finals. You know, both those teams mm-hmm. had home court, game sevens on their home court. And actually, I believe uh, they were also up 3-2 in their series, and they lost game. Both those teams they, lost game six, they right? They were. Yeah, yeah so they, they had, were. So each of those teams, the Celtics and the Rockets, each had two chances to beat the Cavs and Warriors, and they couldn't do that. So, yeah, yeah that was, I was obviously rooting for those teams as well, um, but I still had that feeling in my, you know, I wasn't doing podcasts or writing down my predictions or anything, but like, even though those teams were down three two, I was still, you know, under. I was still thinking that you know this is probably gonna, you know, it's probably gonna be another Cavaliers Warriors, uh, just because the Celtics I felt like hadn't matured enough, and I felt like the Warriors were kind of like being disrespected. Uh, they felt like disrespected and then elevated their game in those those last two games against Houston. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm definitely gonna agree with that also. Although I do I do kind of I don't I mean obviously there's no way you can like go back and you know change mm-hmm. go back in time and change events, whatever, but I do think it, the Warriors and Rocket series could have ended differently if uh Chris Paul hadn't gotten injured at the end of game five yeah um because he was he ended up being out for game six and seven but the crazy thing is is that even despite that the rockets still could have won but i don't remember exactly what it was but they went something like one for 30 from three point range in game (laughs) seven or something horrendous like i mean if if they even just made a third of those threes they probably they probably win the championship that year like Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Like, yeah, but yeah, I like you said. Like when Chris Paul went down, you know, even with a three-two lead, I felt like the Warriors were probably going to win, and uh, the Celtics with Kyrie being out, um, I didn't feel like they had enough firepower to stop the Cavs, and so I did feel like the Cavs were going to win that series also. But um, yeah, so there's a little uh, back history of our rooting interests, I guess, for the yep. listeners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So yeah, Eric Eric explained um, his NBA full rooting interest. So I guess I'll explain my uh, team, sort of say. Um, so yeah, go for the it. Team, yeah, so so my my favorite team and the team that I w- that I most want to see, you know, win a championship would be the Orlando Magic because that's the team that I really started watching basketball. Um, I know I said I watched. The like the first finals and stuff I watched uh, was the Heat and Mavericks, but I can also remember watching some of the games between the Magic and Lakers and their finals that they played. And obviously, uh, Eric and I are both from Florida, um, not in, for, not from Orlando, from Jacksonville. But Orlando is the closest team to Jacksonville, and uh, my grandfather is also a pretty big Magic fan, so he was you know, a reason why I rooted for the Magic growing up. But the problem with being a Magic fan is there's they've been so bad, you know. Mm. They've been they've 
you know, they made the playoffs this year, which was exciting, but they were on like a six or seven game or six or seven year streak ever since Dwight Howard left them where, you know, they were in the lottery every year. But the thing was, is they were in the lottery, but they were never the worst team in the lottery. So they never ended up getting like the number one pick. They always had like the number four to like number eight pick. And, you know, those ended up being a lot of busts. Um, Aaron Gordon is probably in also another frustrating thing with the magic is they trade away a lot of their good players. Like that trade where they had with Oladipo and Serge Ibaka, you know, when it first happened, I was like, what are they doing? Like (laughs) you're trading for an old, you've already got Vucevic, you've got bigs, you know? So, and they haven't had a point guard in years. I know DJ Augustine has was okay in this year's playoffs, but you know, they've got Vucevic, they've got Aaron Gordon. It seems like every year they just keep drafting these bigs. And so I'm not a fan of the Magic's uh, management, so to say. Uh, I was a fan of them picking out Markel Fultz just because, you know, he was pretty – they just got him for like a draft pick or something. So, and I think he's got potential. I don't, you know, expect him to be like a superstar or anything. But if he's anything, you know – worth that number one pick still in him you know it'll be a a nice addition for him since they obviously don't have very many point guards on their team that are of quality um so during those years uh where the magic were so bad you know i needed a team in the playoffs to root for because uh you know the thunder for eric you know have made the playoffs pretty much every year but uh so the team that i picked was the Portland Trailblazers, which, you know, is about the farthest away you can get from Florida. (laughs) Uh, I've never been to Oregon, never been to Portland, but there's something I just, you know, like about the team. Uh, My dad's was a Supersonics fan growing up, so he's, you know, turned into a Portland fan because they're like the Pacific Northwest team up there. And uh, so that was a reason. And also... um, I'm just a fan of Damian Lillard, both his game and his, uh, like his beliefs, you know, how he, how he's like not one of those guys that's going to like, you know, leave to like make a super team or like force his way out or demand a trade. Like he's very loyal to the team that he's on. And I really respect that for him. Um, and I know Eric said earlier he's a fan of him as well, probably for the similar reasons. But, you know, his game is fun to watch. He shoots a lot of deep threes. Um, he's not really a trash talker. He's not really controversial. He doesn't, like, you know, say crazy things like Kyrie did that one time when he said the earth was flat. <laughs> so, he's... <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, I He's a very likable guy, which is why... Sure. Um, and so, and also they're not like a dynastic team or anything. So it's not like I'm jumping on a bandwagon. So to say, you know, they made the Western conference finals this year, but I think the last time they had made it was like 20 years ago or something. So they've, you know, they've had their, their ups and downs as well, but that's kind of been, and plus they're in the Western conference. So they don't really face the magic often, only twice a year. And they're not like you know, the Miami Heat, like, rivals with them. Um, But I will say that it's interesting because 
this season, I probably watched the most college basketball I've ever watched <laughs> because Same. of how because of how good Tennessee was doing this year, which is our favorite college team. And they've got three players that are going to be in the upcoming draft in a few weeks. So it's going to be interesting to see what teams get, you know, draft those players. And then I feel like that might also, you know, I might like, let's say Grant Williams gets drafted by like the Spurs. I might end up like watching some Spurs games or, you know, rooting for the sport, rooting for the Spurs, you know, whereas normally I wouldn't care for the Spurs. So, but as far as basketball goes, like, it's not like football where, like, the Jaguars to me are, like, my, the only team that I care about winning. Like, I watch every Jaguars game, and, and to me, any other team can win. But, the, like, the Jaguars are, are the ones that, like, matter the most to me. So in basketball, it's kind of like I've got kind of like a list, or I'm going to kind of end up having, like, a list uh, of teams yeah, to watch. Yeah, Tennessee guys get drafted. Yeah. Yeah, so that's my uh, that's a little bit of background on uh, on my rooting interests for the NBA. Um, for anybody that doesn't know me, listening, you, you know, might learn something new. If if you do know me, you know, you might have learned something new too. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, insane. You know, same with me, man. I don't, you know, I don't know if everybody, you know, that knows me like really knows my story of like, you know, why I'm a Thunder fan or why I have the rooting interest that I have. So um, I think that was a good idea for both of us to share that, you know, with yeah. the listeners. So that, that was a good idea. Kind of impromptu mm-hmm. topic. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> that wasn't like a planned topic. Yeah, I don't into this. So, so yeah, but uh, moving on now to talk about DraftKings. Um, I'll let Eric go ahead and share his lineup first and then, uh, and then I'll go into mine. So, Awesome. Yeah, guys, uh, Zach's putting my lineup on the screen for me here. So um, in the lineup we did for game one last night, uh, my lineup came in first place um, out of the 10 people that were in it. I think I scored like congratulations on that. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I won a whole five dollars and 40 cents for placing in the top five. So haven't decided what I'm going to do with that just yet. Well, I, I, I use three dollars of it to buy my lineup for Sunday, so I've, yep. I've got two forty left. I don't know what I'll do with it, but I'll I'll might buy a candy bar or something. But uh, <laughs> but um, anyway, yeah, I want to I want to say that I scored like two hundred and twenty points or something like that. I was I, I was almost upset in a way because I was like, man, I should have maybe even entered a bigger contest because. Um, I won our group by like, I think second place was like 30 points behind. Oh me, yeah. So. I think like, um, cause I was watching this, uh, the standings and stuff throughout the game. And I want to say like after the first quarter, like no one was even close to catching you. Like I could, I could tell after the first quarter, like, because Gasol had such a big first quarter, you know? And yeah, I, think I don't, lot, I don't like, think a lot of him, not I don't think a lot of people him. had yeah. him. So he was big um, for you. Um, and I was like, you know, Eric's got this. He, he if he's not going to get first, he's definitely going to win. Whereas yeah. I have kind of an interesting story about how my stance went, but I'll share it with you later, and I'll let Eric continue his. Yeah, uh, since since I didn't, since I had to work last night, I didn't even get to check the score until it was halftime. But I saw at that point that I had a pretty good sized lead and felt pretty confident. But um, yeah, so I guess 
overall in the grand scheme of things, I kind of have a similar lineup to last time where I kind of have a little more consistency as opposed to the all-star players. Um, I did want to have Curry and Kawhi Leonard in my lineup, but um, I opted not to do that because I felt like I didn't get enough value across the board. Um, so I actually switched my captain last um uh, for game one, I had Stephen Curry as my captain, which ended up being a great choice. Um, mm-hmm. Pascal Siakam actually scored um, more points, though, than Stephen Curry did in terms of the regular utility points. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm actually I'm switching and picking um, Siakam as my captain. Um, he is a little bit cheaper than Curry and um, Leonard, and so I felt like I could get a little more value throughout the rest of my team by picking him as my captain, as opposed to Curry or Leonard. Um, and he, I mean, he had a dominant game and I know the warrior, my only concern with picking him as my captain is that I do feel like the warriors are going to do what they can to try to make adjustments and slow him down in the next game. Um, and I know he's not going to hit like 90% of his shots again, most likely, but I just, I still feel like he's going to fill up the stat sheet. I still feel mm-hmm. like he's going to get a lot of rebounds he'll still score a decent amount of points. Um, so I'm trusting him as my captain. Um, and then uh, for my other two, like star players, I have um, Stephen Curry and Draymond Green. I know Draymond Green was terrible from the field in the last game, but the difference between for me though, with, you know, with DraftKings and as opposed to the real life game is, you know, with DraftKings, the field goal percentage, you know, doesn't mean anything. Um, your DraftKings mm-hmm. is all stats is all, all that matters. It doesn't matter like how many good screens they said or how like, well, mm-hmm. or how well they contested a shot or how well they, you know, whatever. Um, so I'm still picking Draymond because he's been, you know, averaging triple doubles lately, which you get bonus points for that. Um, and out of the like star players, uh, you know, quote unquote star players, he's like the cheapest one. So, um, and then Stephen Curry, I mean, obviously he's going to get his numbers. Um, even if he's contained, he'll still get a lot of points. Um, I opted for him instead of Kawhi, um, from some research I was reading, I guess, I don't know like what you've heard on this sack, but apparently Kawhi has been like, it's not a major injury, obviously, because he's still playing, you mm-hmm. know, full minutes. But apparently, he's been having some kind of leg injury or something, and he's not a hundred percent. And so, I don't know if that like affected him with his numbers in game one, but um, but that's why I chose um, Stephen Curry um, yeah. over Kawhi Leonard because I did have a few hundred left in my salary space, and I could have picked Kawhi instead of Curry, but. I just, I'm I'm sticking yeah. with Curry. I have more confidence in him after the way he played in Game One compared to Kawhi. Um, and then I have two more Warriors players. So this is where I have four Warriors players and two Raptors players. I have Andre Iguodala and Sean Livingston. Mm-hmm. Um, I was hesitant to pick Iguodala because it looked like he, you know, got hurt at the end of the first game. But all the research I'm reading are saying that he's you know good to go. The result was clean from his little x-ray or whatever MRI, whatever they did. Um, and so it seems to me like he has no limitations. 
And I'm sure the Warriors are probably going to start him because he's their best bet to guard Kawhi. So Mm -hmm. I feel like and his salary, I'm I'm guessing it's because of the injury that he got in game one, but his salary dropped substantially. So I feel like I'm going to get, you know, if he can, I think he got like 30 fantasy points in the last game. So if he can get anywhere near that for a salary of 4,600, I feel like I'm going to get a great value. Now, Mm -hmm. there's some report that comes out, you know, Saturday or Sunday before the game that he's limited and isn't going to play much, then I'm, you know, I'm going to get him out of there. Uh, I'll have to make some adjustments on it, but from what I'm reading right now, he's good to go. So I'm going to stick with him. Uh, Livingston, his salary went up a little bit, but he got, he plays a good 20 to 25 minutes a game. So I figure again at 3,200, that's pretty cheap. Um, You know, I'll take the value. So then my other Raptors player, my last player is Danny Green. Um, he's He definitely did a pretty solid job in game one um, uh, from the field with his threes, which you get bonus points for that on DraftKings. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's, a, you know, again, he's going to be more of like a role player. I'm not, you know, expecting him to break the bank, but, um, you know, if they keep, if the Warriors keep making adjustments on like Siakam and Gasol and other players like that might leave him with some more looks. So, um, but so if you're wondering why I have four Warriors players and two Raptors players, when, even though I think the Raptors are going to win, um, it's because I feel like, uh, the Raptors players that were available are, um, they're more expensive than they were in the first game because they, Obviously, since they, for the most part, outperformed the Warriors players, uh, their salaries went up. So, like, I know Mark Gasol's went up over 1000 um, Siakam's went up, although I did still pick him. But um, most of the um, Raptors players went up, whereas some of the Warriors players went down a little bit. So, uh, especially Andre Iguodala, he was the biggest drop-off. So, um that's why I leaned more towards the Warriors players than I did the Raptors players. So, um, Zach, I know you told me before we went on the air that um, your lineup was a lot different than mine. So, yeah, it was. Um, I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to hearing um, the difference between our lineup. So, I'll yeah, let you okay. give your lineup now. Sure. So, um, so I've got my captain. Or I guess before I before I say my lineup, I'll tell you guys how I ended up finishing in the standings uh, for last night's game. So I want to say like halfway through the first quarter, I was in the top five. Like I was, but obviously that's still really early. Um, and then I, second quarter was bad for me. I slipped down to like eight or ninth. Uh, you know, I was between that eight and 10 spot actually for a good part of the, the second quarter and then starting into the third. And then you know, I kept going up a little bit. I think I got up to seven. Um, and then Clay Thompson, like Eric said earlier, he came, you know, he started scoring more points and getting more getting more DraftKings points, you know, uh, with all the Get rebounds the and assists and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he, he ended up, you know, contributing a lot towards the end there for my total uh, final score. So I just kept slowly going up. And then what helped me was Gasol got in foul trouble, Lowry got in foul trouble, a lot of guys that I didn't have uh, that a lot of other people had in between fifth place because I needed the top in the, the first five to to get the win. 
a lot of those guys that were in my way to get to fifth place had the people that were in foul trouble, which was big for me because all of my players were in the game and they only had uh, like two thirds of their players in the game. So that benefited me. And then I was able to, you know, go up in the fourth place. Uh, It was pretty close though, between, you know, I definitely didn't win by, you know, as much as Eric did. Like, I think I only ended up the difference between me and sixth place who was like the best loser. So to say it was only like three DraftKings points. So it was pretty close, pretty uh, nerve-wracking to watch there, but uh, I did. Yeah, I'm, gl- I'm glad I. I'm glad I had the much less stressful situation. Yeah, Eric. Eric, <laughs> Eric was pretty secure, you know, around halftime that he was, you know, gonna at least win, but he was solidly in first place for the whole game. Um, but going into my lineup for game two, I've got Curry as my captain. Just because, you know, he scored, I think, the second most fantasy points in that game. Uh, and he's I the number one. So, yes. Yeah. And he's the sure number one option on Golden State. Like, I would be, you know, I would be shocked if he is not the number one scorer and, you know, fantasy point guy for Golden State. So that's why. And then also, you know, I'm predicting Golden State to win the game. So I think he's going to have a good game and fuel their win. Um, I've got Kawhi Leonard, so this is the second game now in a row here where I've got both Curry and Kawhi. Statistically-wise, Kawhi was frustrating to be my captain because, you know, he he also was the most expensive player last week. Um, or not last week, last game. So I there's something about Kawhi where I can't trust him to be the captain right now. Uh, but obviously he's still got... You know, he's still going to play almost the whole game and he's, you know, going to get some good numbers. So obviously anybody can defend that pick. Um, but then, and then I got Clay Thompson, who I think is going to be a big contributor for the win because um, I've still got Golden State winning. I think he's going to contribute a lot. A uh, little, I think he'll do even better than he did in game one. Um, he picked up some fouls, I think, that and some turnovers that kind of messed with his numbers a little bit. Uh, so I expect him uh, to improve on what he did. And then for my, you know, more role players, you know, not my stars, I've got Van Vliet, uh, Serge Ibaka, and McKinney. Uh, so in that order, they're like the significance. So Van Vliet's the most, he was the, highest price out of those three at 5,800 salary. But the reason I picked him is he had 33 minutes. He comes off the bench apparently, but he, you know, he plays starter minute wise. Like he had 33 minutes and he had 15 points. He had a pretty good game. I feel like, you know, he'll be able to at least replicate that. And then for it being, you know, a little bit more than Danny Green. I think he plays a little bit more than Danny Green, and I think his his game is a little bit more diverse than Danny Green's game, which is pretty much just a three-point shooter, which I know DraftKings is more on three-point shooters, but I feel like uh, Van Vliet's the more overall player and can get more points from, like, rebounding and stuff like that. But um, So I've got him, and then I've got Serge Ibaka, who... 
is a carryover. I, I didn't realize this, but I guess I have four players that I had in the last game. Uh, you know, I for this one, I, I changed my lineup around a few times, actually. Um, yeah, same. It was difficult for yeah. me. So I think Serge Ibaka was like the last player I picked, but I didn't have, you know, I had limited salary at that point. So it was, you know, between him and like uh, Powell on the Raptors. Uh, And I was comparing Powell and uh, and Ibaka and and Powell only had five minutes. Ibaka had 17. Um, So that was a pretty, you know, easy pick between the two on that. But I don't have the utmost confidence in Ibaka. Um, you know, he gets some blocks, but <laughs> offensively, yeah. you know, he, I want to say he only got his points from dunks or something, but so he's not, you know, expected to be much for me, but from what was available at the, at the, uh, at the time, you know, with only having that limited amount of money, he was the best that I could do with that amount. Um, and then I've got McKinney, who was by far the cheapest guy. He was 2000 cheaper than Ibaka. And he's like in the price range around like Jonas Grupko and uh, Bogut. And I was, I was actually surprised that Bogut didn't play at all. Like nobody in our group had Bogut, I think, but you know, no. some people took him, they would, uh, you know, they wouldn't be happy that he got a zero cause he had zero minutes. But, uh, and, and I think now like, you know, like you were saying earlier with uh, DeMarcus Cousins, you know, not really showing up. I think the Warriors are going to play Bogut in game two, um, you know, just to try something different because it didn't work for him in game one. So I expect him to play, but uh, the reason I picked McKinney, and McKinney only played game one for eight minutes, but it's mainly, be, you know, dependent on the uh, the injury with uh Iguodala because you know Iguodala I expect him to play but I don't expect him to be like a hundred percent obviously and I know against Portland he also had an injury I can't remember what the injuries were but uh the fact that he's you know coming he's dealing with like two injuries in like the last two games (laughs) uh it's got a big question mark for me and I think they're gonna McKinney plays that same position that small forward position that Iggy plays so Iggy's health is the main reason why I picked him there. And he's only, he was only 2,200. He only had like a few fantasy points cause he didn't play much, but I expect his minutes to go up with Iguodala's health being somewhat of a question mark. Um, but as an overall assessment of my lineup, it's another like top heavy lineup with Curry and Leonard and Thompson. And then, Van Vliet's a starter, and then the other two aren't. So I feel like Eric's probably Eric probably has more starters in his lineup, but I've got more stars. So yeah, and I will say if uh, when you made the comparison of Van Vliet having a better overall game than Danny Green, I mean I definitely agree with that. Um, if Sean Livingston's salary had stayed at twenty two hundred like it was for the last game, or maybe it was twenty four hundred, I don't remember, but. Either way, if it had stayed the same that it was in game one, I would have totally, I would have had the extra money to where I could afford Van Vliet over Danny Green, and I would totally make that switch. But I just kind of, after picking my first three guys, um, the other I went with who were all, you know, pretty expensive, I just 
didn't have the room left to get them. But, but yeah, so once again, though, for the listeners, you have, uh, you know, two different options uh, or two different styles of, uh, you know, lineup selections to mm-hmm. you know, go off of here if you all want to make a lineup. So, and um, I do want to add one more final point before we wrap this show up. But uh, sure. the the main reason why I did not end up picking Siakam, which I'm sure a lot of people are going to have, is because of the point that I was talking about earlier in that Buck series where, you know, every other game that they won, it was, a, I mean, Kawhi was consistent, but their second, you know, big scorer and big contributor was, like, different every game. Like, there was one game where Danny Green had, like, a huge night. There was one game where Siakam had a huge night. Van Vliet and Ibaka and Gasol and all those got Lowry. I, you know, I just can't trust Siakam to have as good of a game that he had. And, of course, his salary rose, you know, probably more than anybody's uh, after that yeah, first his, game. His, so that's, went up, his went up, like, 800, I think. Yeah. It's a pretty good chunk. Um, so while, like, obviously I'd like to have him, I, to me, like balancing that 800 increase and my prediction that he isn't going to do as well because both the Warriors are going to prep for it. And the fact that the Raptors, it could be any guy, any night, which is so hard to predict, you know, like it's so hard to predict which player is going to come up in each game. Uh, usually Kawhi comes up in every game, but you know, and I'm sure Siakam will be fine, but like, I just don't expect him to have the, you know, statistically as, you know, he might have a as just of a good impact in the game. He could hit a game winning shot, but like you said, they don't take those things into consideration. And I feel like he's a really good player, but I do feel like he's going to have statistically less point, less fan DraftKings points than uh, than he had in game one. But yeah, I mean, I, I could definitely, I could definitely see that happening. Um, like I said, for me, the reason why I went with him as my captain was because, of course, with the captain rate costing, you know, one and a half times more, I felt like because I think with the um, with the one and a half times rate, um, st- uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, you've got it on the screen here. Yeah. So like Stephen Curry and Kawhi Leonard's captain rate is about three thousand more. Mm-hmm. than what Siakam's is. So I was like, well, let me take, you know, Siakam, save that 3,000. And yeah. then that gave me a little more room because then I was able to still pick Steph Curry and, uh, you know, Draymond, who I wanted. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I had picked Stephen Curry as my captain or Kawhi, I might not have been able to still afford, you know, those other moves. So um, I'm not expecting... Siakam to do as great as he did in the first game, but I think with the one and a half times points, he's still going to get me a nice good yeah. amount. Yeah, and then you know, and then I'm relying on um, you know those Warriors players. But you know, like I said, if you know if all my Warriors players have a bad game and then Toronto wins the game, like I'll be fine with losing my three dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so splitting, you'll be like splitting even. Uh, yeah, basically, I'll uh, I'll basically have broken even. So you know, I'm not, I won't complain too hard. Yeah. So awesome, man. Well, that's gonna be it for the show today, guys. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed what you heard. Um, it was you know we talked Eric and I talked about this earlier. Like we thought it was important that uh, that our predictions and DraftKings 
lineups were successful to add <laughs> some credibility to our names. Um, you know, I'm obviously not the smartest person. That, like, I'm not going to get every game right and everything, but it was cool that we both, you know, got everything right in that first episode. Um, like, obviously, that's going to change in this next one because we each have different teams winning the game, but still, it was a lot of fun uh, to record and everything. And Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so look forward to hearing uh, game three coming up in a few days from now. Um, but that'll be it for today, guys. So take care and see you later. Peace.